right, if you would all pray with me at this time. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you so much. Lord, that you have brought us together. We thank you for babies and the opportunity that you give us to raise them learning about you. Lord, what an awesome responsibility you have given us. May we be up to the task. I pray, Lord, that as we look at your word this day, as we hear it spoken, as we hear it read, and as we hear it sung, that you would speak to us. Lord, speak tenderly the message that your spirit would have us to hear this day. Our hearts, our ears are open to you this day. Speak to us and draw us close. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, today's the first Sunday of Advent, <clears throat> and because of that, I want to take just a couple of minutes to kind of review for us and explain what this season of Advent is all about. So the word Advent comes from the Latin word advenir, which is a combination of two words, the word ad, which means to or toward, and the word veneer, which means to come or coming. And so when you put the two together, you literally get toward the coming, toward the coming. So we as Christians spend these four weeks leading up to Christmas looking toward the coming of our Savior, our Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as you know, we spend time in the church looking back at the history and remembering that anticipation of what was the coming Jesus to the manger, to be the savior of mankind. And remember, it's that gift of a baby in the manger that became for you and me the gift of a savior on a cross. And that gift transferred us from the catastrophe that we were facing, which was eternal damnation, into the glorious hope of eternity in heaven in the presence of God our Father. And we love it, church, don't we? We love to come back and, and, and sit in church and look at that wonderful day when the shepherds were watching their flocks and the angels came and, and gave them the great announcement. And when Mary and Joseph welcomed that little baby Jesus that night into the stable, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. And it reminds us, folks, that God loves us and that God kept the promise that he made to send us a savior. God kept that promise. But what I want us to remember is that Advent isn't just a time for us to look back at the arrival of that sweet little baby. It isn't just a time for us to look back at that time when Jesus came to overcome our problem of sin and death. It's also a time to look forward as well toward the coming again of our Lord Jesus in triumph and victory to bring us home as he had promised. Now, here's the thing. It's a little scarier for us, is it not, to look forward to the second coming because it's all very unknown to us. It's mysterious. And to be honest, all the writings that we have seen in the scriptures about what's going to happen leading up to that second coming of Jesus, they're pretty scary. They're pretty scary. Who heard that scripture that we just heard read this morning and felt all hopeful and comforted? Yeah, me either. At first. But God is God. And wait till you see what he does with it, okay? Hold on to your hats, folks. Advent is a season when you and I are reminded that we are literally living with one foot in each of two worlds, okay? We have one foot in the world of promises which have been fulfilled. And then we got the other foot in a world where promises are yet to come. You and I are living 
right now in this day and age, smack in the middle between the then and the not yet. And because of that, Christians, we need to look with both eyes. We got to keep focus with both eyes. So, so you got to keep one eye on this world, this temporal world, but you also got to keep one eye on the sure and certain hope in the eternal home and in the promises that are yet to be fulfilled in the heaven that waits us when Jesus comes again. So I'm going to call us, keep one eye on the baby in the manger and keep one eye on the Savior in the clouds. Okay, now you might be thinking, if I got one eye on this and one eye on that, I'm going to cross-eyed, right? Isn't that what we as Christians are called to be? Cross-eyed. And so it's all going to be okay. All right, so our scripture for this week reminds us that it is in Christ's return that you and I can have this hope that we are celebrating on the first Advent, uh, first Sunday of Advent. Because if this world right here is all that there was for us to have hope in, we would have no hope because let's face it, this world is a mess, is it not? But the heaven that waits us, it is not a mess. It is glorious and God is on the throne and God is in control and God promises us that no matter what goes on leading up to that day, God's got this and it's all gonna be okay. And so Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to you and me, these kind of scary words that we heard today about the not yet, so that you and I could have hope in the now. So what is hope? What is hope, this thing we're celebrating today? Well, the Webster's Dictionary defines hope as a feeling or an expectation or a desire for certain things to happen. For instance, kids, they wake up and they hope that they will find lots of presents under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, right? Carl and I got a night off, and we're going out to dinner, and I hope I can get a reservation at my favorite restaurant. But that's a worldly hope in temporary things. Then there's spiritual hope. That's what we're celebrating today. Spiritual hope, friends, is the confident expectation that God will fulfill that which God has promised. Okay, hope for you and me, hope for the Christian is the confident expectation that God will fulfill that which God has promised. It's not a wish list, it's a checklist. He said he would do this and he did it. God said he would do this and he did it. And God says he's going to do this. We can be confident. He's going to do it. So the Hebrew word for hope is yachal. Yachal. You clear your throat a little bit when you say that. We see that word in Psalm 130, verse 5. And here's what the psalmist says when he uses that word yachal. He says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my yachal, my hope. God's word is God's promise. And if you think about it, God's promise is God's capital W word, is it not? God's promises have thus far all been fulfilled. And so therefore, you and I can put our hope, we can put our confidence in the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord is strong and the word of the Lord is steadfast and the Lord is trustworthy to fulfill 
that which he has promised. We can be confident of it. That's our hope. And so as we look back this Advent season, you and I can be reminded that God had promised a Messiah, one that would deliver God's people from their sins. And when that baby Jesus was born to a manger in Bethlehem, that promise of God was fulfilled. All of God's promises have been fulfilled to date. And so you and I can have hope because God's promises have come to be. We can put our hope, just like the psalmist said, in the word of the Lord. I like that. I like that feeling of confidence and certainty that I can have in my God. But what about when we look forward? Jesus described in our scripture today a scene of utter calamity. It was a fearful picture. I don't know if you heard it. He said that there was going to be roaring and tossing of the seas and that we're going to see signs in the moon and the stars. Jesus said, well, that makes sense to me that there would be roaring of the seas, that there was issues with the moon because doesn't the moon control our, uh, our tides, right? So if the moon and the stars are upheavaled, aren't our waves and our wind and our seas going to be upheavaled? But Jesus said the heavenly bodies would be shaken and that people will faint from terror of what they're seeing. It sounds scary to me. But then listen to what Jesus says. He says, at that time, they will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with great power and great glory. And when these things take place, Jesus said, you stand up and you lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus is saying, Look, you're going to see some pretty upsetting stuff. The foundations of the world will literally be shaken. But when you see that, you look up. Because I'm coming in my glory and in my power to bring you not destruction, not condemnation. I'll be bringing your redemption. I will be taking you home. Jesus says, I'm coming on the clouds to complete my plan. I'm coming to fulfill my father's promise and to carry you home. In the midst of the turmoil, Jesus says, I got this. I'm still in control. And so when we hear those apocalyptic words, I don't feel fear. I feel confidence. I feel hope. Now, maybe it feels like the very foundation of your world is being shaken. Maybe you're struggling with calamity in your life and you just need a little glimmer of hope. Well, our lead our Lord Jesus says, you see that calamity? It's going on all around you. Well, I've got this. So you lift up your head. You look to me. I know that over this past year, I have literally felt that way. As my family has suffered through loss of job, loss of loved ones, loss of health loss of the stability in our family business. And sometimes it feels like the anxiety over all that stuff is literally just going to swallow us up. And yet, through it all, I hear the voice of the Savior of the world saying to me, you just look up. Because in the midst of your calamity, I'm in control. And I am bigger than your calamity. And I am bigger than your anxiety. And I am bigger than your turmoil. And I will deliver it, you from it. And I will carry you to a place of rest. And so, folks, that's exactly where I have placed my hope right now. And I wonder, I wonder who here 
just needs to look up. Who here needs to be reminded that our God has promised that he will deliver you from sin and he will deliver you from the punishment of sin and he surely has done that through the baby we look back upon this Advent season. But also God wants you to be reminded that he has promised that he will work all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And God has promised that even though this world might go to hell in a handbasket, those who have put their faith and their trust in him will be victorious through him. That's his promise. That's his promise to us. And I want you to remember that for the Christian, hope is confident expectation that God will fulfill that which God has promised he did it once already with the arrival of that baby, and he will do it again when the sun arrives coming in power and glory on the clouds. Hope has a name, folks, this hope that we celebrate here in Advent, and its name is Jesus. Hope came into a manger many, many years ago, and hope is coming again on the clouds. Hope is on the way. So you look up. You look up and you watch for the signs because that's what our Lord Jesus told us to do. You know, the scriptures say that nobody knows when the Son of Man is coming, but there will be signs. There will be weather calamity. There will be wars and fighting and hatred among mankind. And let's be honest, hasn't that stuff all been happening literally every day since the Lord Jesus walked on this earth? It's because we've been in the end times since then. But Jesus doesn't tell us about all of these signs so that you and I will be scared. Jesus tells us about these signs so that you and I will be assured. So that we will remember to keep one eye on what's going on around us. But let's not forget that we've got to keep one eye on his second coming in great power and in great glory. So here's the thing. The signs mean that Jesus is coming back. No matter how scary they are, the signs mean that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back to bring us victory. He's coming back to deliver us. He's coming back to set it all right for those who are his people. He's coming back. Folks, don't be scared by the signs. Rejoice in the signs because the signs remind us that Jesus is coming back. Now, I get it. Get it that none of us likes to see these things that Jesus calls signs. But when we don't see the signs, when we think everything is just all honky-dory and groovy in our world, guess what? We forget to keep that one eye on the Jesus who's coming back. But when we see the signs and when we see the calamity, what do we do? I'll tell you what we do, friends. We look up. We look up because that's what Jesus tells us to do. Look up, he says, take heart, cling to the hope because he is coming on the clouds and he is bringing about your redemption. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And hallelujah. Look up, my friends, and live your lives with a purpose. Jesus says this. He says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. See, you and I need to be careful 
not to get too caught up with the goings-on of this world because you and I have a much higher calling. We have a much greater purpose than carousing. Carousing might be fun, but raise your hand if you know that God's got for you a greater purpose than carousing. I should see every single hand. Yes, I should. We are called Christians to tell other people about Jesus. We are called to reach out to and to minister to the brokenhearted and the needy and the sad and the lonely in the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I pray that I'm not carousing on the day that Jesus comes on the clouds, okay? I pray that I am living out his purpose that he has called me to and that he catches me right in the act of doing it. Don't be caught off guard when Jesus comes. Be caught living your purpose. Be caught telling other people in whom it is that they can find their Advent hope. So we need to watch for the signs. We need to live with purpose. And folks, we got we to gotta pray. We also got to pray. Jesus says this in verse 36. He says, pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Now, some scholars believe that when Jesus says we might be able to escape all that is to happen, he's talking about the rapture. He's talking about the time when the believers will be taken home before the great tribulation. 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul writes it like this. He says, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Okay, so now being brought home to Jesus starts with a prayer, does it not? How many of you initiated your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ by saying a prayer? That's how I did it. I prayed. When I said that prayer, I became his. When we become his, then we become those people that Paul is speaking about in Thessalonians who are taken up to meet the Lord when those signs appear. We become the ones that John spoke of in the book of Revelation when he said, when he speaks of those who are spared of that great tribulation. And when you and I pray that prayer, asking Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, and asking Jesus to inhabit every aspect of our life, we receive salvation. Do we not? And what is salvation? Salvation is being made whole and made clean that you might be able to stand worthy in the presence of God and the Son of Man. Friends, as we enter this Advent season, may you look back. And may you be reminded that our hope came into a manger in Bethlehem. And because of that, you and I have been delivered from sin and death. But may you look forward and be reminded that our hope is coming on the clouds in great power and in great glory. And because of that, we will be delivered from the calamity that's going on all around us. And we will be able to stand before the Son of Man. And may you look up. And be reminded that even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of the shaking of the foundation of your world, your hope is in the unfailing and faithful word of God. Hope came, my friends, but hope is on the way. Let me echo what we see written on the last page of the word of God. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.